Your podcast starts after this quick message from Clear. The average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for allergens and germs to get in your nose and body and wreak havoc. That is, unless you regularly clean your nose and sinuses. So for healthy breathing and a strong body, use Clear Nasal Spray. Clear is a natural nasal spray featuring xylitol, an ingredient clinically proven to work against bacteria and effectively clean, not just rinse, your nose. Clear Nasal Spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. In fact, in a recent study, researchers found that xylitol nasal sprays like Clear are just as effective as leading medicated nasal sprays. For better breathing, get Clear today. That's spelled X-L-E-A-R. You can find it at all major retailers, CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Sprouts, Whole Foods, and everywhere else. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. If you're a parent, you know that in these uncertain times and during COVID and schools are online only, our kids are turning to their devices to react with their friends on social media, to keep themselves occupied when school's not in session. And before this, it was enough of a problem for parents to get their kids off their phones. But now it seems like it's tripled. So we're going to talk today about devices and our kids and what should parents do. Joining me is Dr. Nusheen Aminuddin. She's a general pediatrician at the Mayo Clinic, and she's also the director of the Pediatric Resident Clinic and the chair of the AAP Council on Communications and Media. Dr. Aminuddin, it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm a mother of two teenagers, and I see them doing what they're doing with those devices constantly, especially my teen girl. So tell us, before we get into some workarounds, what's happening with our kids in this digital world? Is it making them smarter, more worldly? Do you feel it's positive, a little of both? Tell us what's going on. Well, good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. Um, so you are asking some great questions that I get all the time. When we think about digital devices and how they've become so much more accessible to teenagers and even very young children, all of those questions about, is this really making my kids smarter or is it having the opposite effect uh, come up very frequently? And the answer is pretty complicated, actually. In many ways, it opens up a world for kids that they might not otherwise have the opportunity to explore. So it can be a great opportunity to connect with people from around the world, to learn about things that uh, otherwise would have been very difficult to get information about. But at the same time, if kids are spending so much time online and on these devices, we worry that it's taking away from physical activity, from in-person interaction. And so it is a mixed bag with a lot of potential for both good that could probably be optimized with a few general guidelines. Well, then let's talk about those because as someone who's trying to get my kids to read a book this summer, 
to just read a book. I, you're <laughs> laughing. I mean, it's funny, right? But it's not. I mean, I'm giving them so many different books to read, and, and I've got a college student and a high school student, and neither one of them seems to want to read a book. We're not in school now, but yet they'll sit there and they'll read memes and they'll read TikTok and they'll read all these things on their phone. So first I want to know, before you give us your great advice, can they be addicted to their phones? And and what have you seen as studies and research of too much mobile use and social media on our kids? Yeah, so again, great questions. Um, the, the question about addiction is really complicated because there are multiple factors that, uh, that feed into addiction. I do sometimes hear kids, particularly teenagers, say that they feel addicted to their phones. It's hard to put them away. It's hard to be disconnected from them. Uh, and so whether or not it's a true addiction or if the de devices themselves and apps and other things are more persuasively designed to keep them interested is a complex combination of factors. So uh, it's not as easy as saying yes, they're addicted or not addicted, but there are definitely pieces of the design that, that make us worry about that. And we also know that some people are just more predisposed to addiction than others. So it's something that I think we need to keep in mind. Um, as for the question about you know, how to get them to read a book versus, you know, getting off social media, that can be a tricky one too, because there are apps and websites that really are designed by industry to keep kids and teenagers interested and to keep them clicking on more and more things. So even if they read an article online um, based on what they're interested in, based on their search history, information that's collected digitally, um, oftentimes websites or apps will suggest other things and kids and adults for that matter will say, oh, that sounds so interesting. Let me click on that. And before you know it, a couple of hours have passed. And unfortunately, books, uh, as addictive as, we, as, as they might be uh, or have been in the past, um, it's hard to compete with that. So then let's talk about some things we can do. And let's start with our little guys, because you sometimes see people and parents who hand an iPad to a little one to keep them occupied. And yes, I mean, we used to plop them down in front of the Wiggles and, and, and Baby Einstein and stuff, but then there was a limit on screen time, and now screen time limit has changed because they do their work online, they do school online. So for our little guys, should they be using those electronic devices at all, or should they strictly be playing with physical things or, or the television? So again, a great question. I do want to clarify one thing. When we talked about screen time limits, even from the time that we recommended many years ago, no more than two hours of screen time a day, it specifically referred to entertainment screen time. So now that schools are giving kids iPads and they have to do homework on um, on tablets or other devices, we actually don't consider that part of screen time. Um, we still really think of screen time as the non-educational, entertainment, recreational type screen time. So to answer your question about little kids who maybe aren't in school yet, um, the AAP has allowed its definition and recommendations to evolve a little, but we really haven't changed them that much. Um, we recommend no screen time, no entertainment or, or, uh, or recreational screen time for any children under 18 months of age. Um, from 18 months to two years of age, there has been little evidence of benefit and some evidence of harm for non-educational screen time. So for kids in that age group, uh, we recommend only using high quality educational apps or programs that 
are co-viewed with parents. So the parents are actually sitting and interacting with the child as they're using those apps. And then what we found is the key to a benefit uh, with very, uh, very um, conscientiously selected programs is that the parent teach back after the fact. And then for children ages two to five years of age, so usually before they start kindergarten, we recommend no more than one hour of entertainment screen time a day. And that's actually making uh, it a little more strict than it used to be. What, what we have done and what we've evolved and changed is from ages five and up, where we used to say no more than two hours total of entertainment screen time, we now say try to make sure that whatever entertainment screen time they have is not affecting or cutting into sleep time, homework time, which again, we know sometimes is online, but that doesn't count, um, or, uh, or other activities, particularly physical activities. They get them outside, they get them interacting with other kids. So yes, uh, screen time recommendations have evolved, but they haven't been left behind. And what we found is that when kids and teenagers are spending more than two hours a day on average with entertainment screen time or on devices, those things probably are uh, getting, getting lost a little bit. And so I still tell parents that that's a good general guideline, two hours to keep in line for their older kids. So, I mean... In that way, yes, I agree with you completely. It's harder to do than to say. So now tell us how to do that with our older kids. With little kids, it's easier because we can, as you say, you know, and the parent is the boss in my house. I am, I am really the police to that sort of thing, and especially when they're little. But when they're older and they're tweens, and right now during COVID with isolation, they are looking more and more to Snapchat, Instagram, all of these things with their devices to try and keep some semblance of relationships with their friends. They're going on TikTok for hours a day, literally hours a day. What do we do to get them off? Because parents, some parents have to work. Some of us still are working and we can't entertain them. Doctor, help us. That is a really tough question. And the first thing that I want everyone to understand, parents, children, everybody, is that we don't expect perfection. Perfection was never the goal. What we try to do is set some guidelines so that families and kids have a little bit of leeway, a little bit of a sense of maybe this is too much. So living in this unprecedented time of COVID, having to change our whole lifestyle, the way we learn, the way we interact, the way we socialize, the way we work is, is a completely new phenomenon. So what I've told parents is number one, give yourselves a break. Don't let this contribute to any personal guilt. You have to do what you have to do in order to make sure that your children are healthy, both mentally and physically, and that parents themselves are also taking care of themselves. And so sometimes that's going to mean more screen time. Is it a great idea? No, but it is what is understandable and completely reasonable under the circumstances. So when we think about older kids and how to, as you say, police them, what I recommend is giving them some leeway, encouraging them to also self, uh, self-regulate, knowing that they still probably need some guardrails from you. So I think that ways to ensure that there are certain limits would be to try to keep any screens out of the bedroom. If teenagers or children are 
engaging in watching TikTok or connecting with friends, maybe doing so in an area where there are other family members. So it's not, you know, something that's off on their own. Um, but I would also recommend that at night have a curfew for the for the devices where you have to like take them out of wherever you've been using them, plug them in and just keep them in outside of where the child is uh, sleeping or the teenager is is hanging out. So in that way, you don't have these notifications coming up at all hours of the night that teenagers really feel obligated to respond to. It's it's a powering down both physically and mentally that that physically separates kids and teens from their devices. Well, it certainly is. And what an interesting way to look at it. And they are staying up like all night on these devices. And then because their schedules are so thrown off and so bizarre, they stay up all night, then they want to sleep all day. And I mean, it's really, I, I don't know if I'm speaking for a lot of parents out there, but I, I'm seeing it. I am seeing it so much. So before we're going to wrap up, because I just, I, I think this is such an important topic right now. Do you have some resources for parents when they are looking at some of this social media? And the devices that we're looking at, iPads, iPhones, you know, there's so many out there. Do you have some resources that you like that you would recommend parents? I mean, like common sense media, those kinds of places that you would recommend? Absolutely. I am a big fan of common sense media. I like the fact that they make available to people for free um, ratings and information on television shows, movies, um, and I believe even some digital digital applications. Um, so they're a great source to go to if, for example, parents are hearing from their kids that they want them to buy this game from them or they want to watch this or really get into that. So I think that's a, a great resource. The other resource that I always recommend to families is healthychildren.org, which is vetted evidence-based information from the American Academy of Pediatrics. We also have a free available family media use plan that families can customize and then print out. Um, it, it helps children and parents prioritize media use. I really recommend that, you know, given the increased media use and screen time that is happening right now, that as much as possible, we try to make it meaningful. And of course, sometimes we need to just turn off and, and have something that's just soothing. And that's okay, that's important too. But to also try to be conscious of media use and to be aware of how advertising and persuasive marketing comes into play even with devices. I always recommend that parents talk with their children um, about how to recognize and hopefully resist persuasive advertising. We have information about that too on healthychildren.org and as part of our new digital advertising policy that just came out a couple of weeks ago from the AAP. Well, that is certainly great information, and we are as well loving HealthyChildren.org and AAP.org since this is their podcast. So we completely agree with you here. So wrap it up for us, doctor, your best advice for devices and and maybe even making the, the connection between this and our kids' mental health and what we're seeing and how they're reacting to the stressors of isolation and the pandemic and school and the changes all around us and how these devices are either helping or hurting those stressors, helping or hurting their mental health and what, as parents, 
we can do about it. I think if I had one piece of advice that I'd want families to take away, it's that devices and the internet and social media apps are all tools. It depends on how you use them. For a number of my teenage patients, they have been a lifeline to be able to stay connected with grandparents, with peers, um, in a way that they can't now because of social distancing. But to also remember that any tool is really dependent on what you put into it. So there can be too much of a good thing. I just recommend looking at how you're using these tools, how much of it it's affecting the rest of your life. If it is helping kids, if it's helping them stay connected, that's wonderful. But to also make sure that children are not losing sleep or losing out in other ways because that contributes to mental health tremendously as well. So just remember that it's a tool. It's neither good nor bad, but depends a lot on how you use it. So good conscientious use from an educated and media literate population can be a tremendous benefit during difficult times. Well, it certainly can. And thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise, because it is something that I, I know every parent that has kids anywhere from four years old up is going through right now, and especially the tweens and teens. So thank you for that great advice. You're listening to Healthy Children, where our expert guests are always provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics, the gold standard. We love our pediatricians here. You can also go to healthychildren.org, their consumer website, for lots of great information. Share this show, share this podcast with your friends and family, because we're all going through this together. And and that way, we're learning from the experts from the AAP together as well. So share it on social media, and you can listen anywhere podcasts are played. You can listen at Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. I'm Melanie Cole for the American Academy of Pediatrics and Healthy Children. Stay well. <laughs>